We're in chapter 5 of the book of Galatians, uh, reading from verse 13. Uh, we're starting this new series today called Side by Side. There'll be a picture coming up in a minute, I think, just to uh, kind of focus us. Really, we'd want to look at the next few weeks just about this whole issue of uh, walking side by side with the Spirit. That the Holy Spirit has been given to us to be our helper in our lives. Christianity is not meant to be this process of trying to live by faith um, just on our own, but it's meant to be a process of living with the Spirit, of, of understanding what the Spirit is teaching us. Jesus said to us, I don't want to leave you as orphans, but I will send the Spirit to you to live in you, and He will live in you and help you to live for me. See, Christianity is not just about how much effort we can make as being Christians. Because, you know, some of us can make a lot of effort, others can't make much effort at all. That'd be me. (laughs) You know, we can all live kind of like the best we can, but, you know, even our best isn't that good. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, I try and be good, but sometimes I'm bad. I try and be righteous, but sometimes I'm unrighteous. I try and be pure, but sometimes I'm impure. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? I, I, I try and be patient, but sometimes I'm not patient. And so I have come to learn to rely not on my righteousness, but on the righteousness of Christ. And I've also come to learn to rely not on what I can do, but what on the Spirit of God can teach me. Because if I can listen to Him and learn from Him, then actually I can live a different life and I can take hold of what He has for me. And I think a lot of the reasons why uh, some Christians live frustrated lives is because they're not side by side with the Spirit. They believe in the Spirit, but they haven't entered into the walk of the Spirit. They haven't entered into the relationship with the Spirit. And therefore, it's kind of like, well, I believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But actually, believing in Him is not the whole thing. The whole thing is walking with Him. I need to read the Bible, don't I? I said I'd read that a few minutes ago. Verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Amen. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That's quite a list, isn't it? I warn you, as I did those before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's talking to the church now. He's saying, come on, people of God. We need to live differently. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I'm going to finish there. I want to talk today really just about this whole process of keeping in step with the Spirit. of, Of learning to live in fellowship with Him. Because I think there's a whole lot of improvement to our Christian life to be made if we can learn to fellowship with the Spirit of God. If we can learn to walk with Him and expect Him to be involved in our lives. 
Jesus said, I will, and when he told his disciples, when he told his disciples he was going and he was leaving his time with them, he said this to them, I will not leave you uh, as orphans, but I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you and will be with you. He says, listen, the, the, the secret of this walk of faith is not just simply sheer grit and determination. But it's having an advocate. It's having someone who teaches you. It's having someone who speaks to you. It's having someone who walks with you. It's having someone who will be in you and with you. And he says the world cannot know him. So the world can't relate to the Holy Spirit because he sees, you know, they don't understand him. They haven't had an encounter with him. But we who are of the Spirit of God are holding him in our lives and learning to walk with him. That's what the normal Christian life is about. It's about being led by the Spirit of God. It's about being led by him in our lives and in our circumstances. The prophet Isaiah spoke about this hundreds of years before Jesus came. He said, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. He says, listen, you know, one day you're all going to be able to hear what the Spirit says. See, that's, that's what Jesus wants for you today, is to be able to hear what the Spirit says. Now, you can hear what the Spirit says in many different ways. We'll talk a little bit about them over the next few weeks. Uh, you can hear about them through the Word, certainly through preaching, through somebody else. But also you can hear about the Spirit by the Spirit himself. That he speaks and he teaches us and helps us understand and grow and know something of the kingdom of God. The promise of the Spirit is not uh, just a one-off thing, but it's a, a, a person who will be our guide. The Bible says he will guide us into all truth. The message version of the Bible puts it like this. When the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into the truth that there is. What a lovely picture. This guide who comes, he comes to walk with us side by side. He comes to help us to keep in step with the Lord. He comes to teach us to walk with him. And, and you know, the secret of being a contented Christian is not found in imposing our goals upon the kingdom of God. It's being found in walking side by side with the Spirit. Because here's the great thing. If you walk side by side with the Spirit, you don't have to worry about tomorrow, which is a perfectly biblical thing, by the way. I'm not saying don't plan for tomorrow. That's not true either. But the Bible says don't worry about tomorrow, but it says walk today. And if you walk today following Jesus, then tomorrow you'll be where you need to be. But if all you do today is try and get to tomorrow, one, you're not going to enjoy today. Two, you might not make the progress you want to make. Three, you're going to be frustrated because you're not where you want to be. And you know, our world lives with so much future vision that half the time we can't enjoy what we have. And so we've become obsessed with what we can get rather than what we have. And it's the same in the faith. We've got to say, you know what? I'm content to walk with the Lord today so that tomorrow I can be where he wants me to be. Great point, Dave. See, sometimes we we want to just uh, complicate it so much. Sometimes we're saying so busy to the Lord. Lord, if you'll just help me get there, then I can be okay. And God says, I want you to be okay here so that where we go tomorrow is not so important. You know, if you're okay here, tomorrow doesn't matter that much. But if you think that tomorrow is everything, then you're always trying to get there. That's why the Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow, for today is enough trouble of its own. 
He's saying, if you can learn to enjoy today, then you can actually look forward to tomorrow because you know that the Lord's with you today and he'll be with you tomorrow. Now, I'm trying to equip you, church. Honestly, I'm trying to do the best job I can because I've been a Christian for 33 years. Okay? And the only thing that keeps me insane is being able to enjoy today and walk with him. I've planned everything. Half the things I've planned have not come off. It's all right, isn't it? Because it's not my goals and objectives that really matter. But when I sit here today and I look at what God's done, I'm amazed. When I look at the church that we're building, and when I look at churches that we've planted, when I look at people that this church has sent out, when I look at lives that have been changed, all of a sudden I think, how did this happen? And the Lord said, it happened because you're walking with me. It almost happened in spite of me. It happened because Jesus is with me. The Spirit lives in me. And so I want you to start to think about your life as being side by side. See, King Solomon understood this. He said this, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. Anybody know that? <laughs> unreliable friends. We've all been there, haven't we? Then it says this, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He says, you know what? The Holy Spirit can be closer to you than anyone else in your life. Solomon, I love that. What a revelation. Hundreds of years before Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, he said, you know what? God the Holy Spirit wants to be with you. And he'll stick with you closer than any brother would, and he'll help you to live if you will trust him. And so the issue for us is how do we keep in step with the Spirit? It says there, Galatians, we just read it, since we live by the Spirit. That's a big phrase, isn't it? Since we live by the Spirit doesn't say since we are helped by the Spirit. It says since we live. In other words, oh, I haven't got time to do it this morning, but maybe we will over the next few weeks. It's the Holy Spirit who brings us life. The Bible says uh, you must be born again of water and the Spirit. The Spirit brings life into our lives. So the Holy Spirit is the agent of salvation. He's the agent of change in our lives. When we first put our faith in Christ, it's the Holy Spirit who draws us to him and who reveals Christ in us and who births us into the body of Christ. It's a Spirit work. And so he comes and says, you live by the Spirit. It's the Spirit that does everything. You read the beginning of Galatians. He's saying to the church at Galatia, hey guys, it's the Spirit that's done all this in you. Stop trying to make it on your own. See, that's one of the big challenges to religious people is that they want to do it on their own. Want to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I can do everything. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm capable. I'm a good person. Friends, it's not about that. It's about am I alive by the Spirit? Is the Spirit of God alive in me? Is he driving me? Is he leading me? Is he helping me? Is he strengthening me? He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So I want to talk this morning, really right at the beginning of this new series, how do we keep in step with the Spirit, okay? Because I just think it's so important. First is this. It's coming up now. You've got to be willing to follow. It's really profound stuff today. But I think most of us need to hear it because it's life-changing. We need to be willing to follow. For those, Romans 8, 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's a verse, friends. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. In other words, the defining characteristic of a child of God, once he has been born again by the Spirit, is not what he does, but who he walks with. Hello? 
It's who he walks with, who she walks with. It's, it's how you are led through life. It's, it's learning to say, you know, the Holy Spirit is upon me. Therefore, I'm just going to be sensitive to him. I'm going to, as I do what I do today, I'm just going to be ready for his leading in my life, his speaking, his revelation in me. We have to be willing to follow him. See, being willing to be led by someone else is counterintuitive. Hello. How many of you took a while to get used to sat-navs? How many of you went down a street with a sat-nav and said, this is rubbish. I know this is not saving me time. It's going to take me entirely the wrong way. Because we believe we know best. How many of you had asked someone for directions and then pulled away and totally ignored the directions? Because <laughs> you think those people don't know what they're talking about. I might be lost, but they're more lost. That's a counterintuitive thing to learn to follow someone. You see, those who are led by the Spirit are sons. If you want to be a son, you have to be willing to be led. It's, it's not about where you go. It's about a surrender. It's about willing to say, I believe God knows best for my life and that he'll lead me in the path that he wants me to go. And as I walk with him, I will go through all kinds of circumstances, but I believe he's right. I remember following a Polish pastor through a forest. He was doing 90 miles an hour through the forest and I'm driving on the wrong side of the road with the wrong car going, oh Jesus, help me. But you know what? If I lost sight of him, I was lost. I had to keep up. I had to be willing to let because he had the bed. If I didn't get near him, I wasn't going to get to sleep. So I'm just driving behind him. And sometimes we're going to find in life that we have to be willing to follow the Lord even if we're not sure where he's taking us. The Lord Jesus said to Peter, when you're older, someone is going to lead you where you do not want to go for my sake. See, being led by the Spirit is a critical issue for our lives. Now, I'm not saying we can't do anything without knowing the Lord, because that would be overwhelming. Can you imagine sitting on the bed this morning going, what color trousers, Lord? It'd be exhausting, wouldn't it? No, I'm not saying the Lord hasn't given us a brain. I'm not saying we shouldn't make plans. What I'm saying is, as we make plans, we should say, Lord, what do you want? That's what the Bible teaches us. Commit your ways to the Lord, and he will make your plans succeed. And so you have to be able to make plans for life. Of course you do. I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever make a plan. What I'm saying is that your plans shouldn't be so sacrosanct and so wrapped up that when the Spirit of God speaks, you don't interfere. You don't go, okay, Lord, I'll change this. This is not so holy to me. Because sometimes what happens is we make our plans and the Spirit of God says, just change it this much. And you're going, no chance. I've made this plan. I'm not going to deviate. Because we're not willing to follow. We have to have a sensitivity in our lives. We see this with Paul on one of his missionary journeys in Acts chapter 16. It says, when they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia. This was their plan. They were going through Asia Minor and they were building churches and it was a good plan. They were coming to major settlements and building and preaching the gospel and leaving a church and moving on. And so they were following their plan and then they came to Mycenae and they tried to enter this town. But all of a sudden, the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. That's something, isn't it? See, if you're going to follow Jesus, there comes a point when he says no. And the issue is not where you are or what you're doing. That's not the issue. The issue is actually Jesus says, don't do that. Do this. Am I willing to be led? Am I willing to follow what the Lord is saying? Am I willing to just adjust my course? Following is about being willing to be led. 
to recognize that the one leading us has something to teach us, to something to show us, something to expose us to, something to change within us, something to use us in where he leads us. And so we have to then change that way. Even Jesus showed a willingness to, to be led by the Spirit. Matthew 4 verse 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Hello. All of a sudden, Jesus was like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's leading me. And so he went. He went from the place where everybody loved him. He was being, he'd just been baptized. The dove of heaven came down. A voice said, this is my beloved son. Oh, it was amazing. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit said, well, I've come, but now I'm taking you away. And he had to lead the place where he was popular and the place where everybody was longing to hear him. And he had to walk through the crowd and away and into the wilderness. And the wilderness... The Holy Spirit was saying to him, okay, now we're coming into a time of testing in your life. Jesus. Being tested. Being led by the Spirit to be tested. See, Christian life is about being led by the Spirit through all kinds of experiences. And if we're only expecting them to be pleasant, then we're going to be disappointed. Don't you love it when the Holy Spirit leads you to buy KFC? I mean, that's a, that's a familiar experience. <laughs> I often say on Sunday on the way home, Lord, KFC or Burger King? KFC, amen, Lord. <laughs> but I don't like it when the Holy Spirit says, go home and have a salad. <laughs> now, I'm being flippant today, but I tell you, friends, see, that, that's what it works like. See, in the middle of doing our lives, the Holy Spirit speaks, and it's about, yeah, will I allow the kingdom of God to direct my path? I don't want to jump into my next point too soon. (laughs) We need to be willing to submit as a son and a daughter to where the Lord leads us. Without this willingness, we will always struggle to embrace the way of the Spirit. The psalmist said this. Listen, I always love it when the Old Testament, revelation of the Old Testament, when they understand how the Holy Spirit works. Because it shows us the Holy Spirit's right there through the Scriptures the whole way. Psalm 143 verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good Spirit lead me on level ground. Wow. He's saying, Lord, I want to be led by you. I want to be led on the good ground. Lord, I don't know where it leads. I don't know where it takes me. But Lord, I want to be led by you. So I'm going to be willing to follow. Think about what the Lord could do through your life this week. If you were ready for him to lead you. It might just be little things. It might be big things. It doesn't matter. We were, uh, I was talking to Dom last week. I don't think I told this baptism story. Um, I think I only heard it during the week. Uh, on Easter Sunday, we had a baptism service in Cologne. Our church in Cologne had one, and they do it outside the cinema in this great big plaza. And they put up a swimming pool, and they started to baptize. And at the end of the people who were baptized, they said, anybody else want to get baptized? And this young uh, African man put his hand up and said, yeah, me. And so we got into the pool, and, um, and Dom said, what's your name? He said, my name's Kareem. And as Dom put his hand on him, he just felt the guy started to shake, just shake, and he said, Kareem, are you a believer in Jesus? And he said, yes, I am. I've given my life to Christ. 
And so he said, I went to baptize him. He said, and as I went to baptize him, he said, there became this great struggle. He said, in my spirit, and I could just feel the power of God uh, coming upon me and the power of God coming upon this young man. And he started to be set free of some things that were in him. And um, uh, <laughs> he said, and I was struggling to get the words out. It was a fight. He said, and after about 20 seconds, I said, in the name of Jesus, upon your confession of faith, I baptize you. And he baptized him in water. And the young man came out praising God and everybody went wild. And the next Sunday in church, he saw Kareem across the room. And he went over to him and said, Kareem, it's great to see you. He said, tell me, Kareem, how many times have you been to our church? And he said, last Sunday was my first Sunday. He said, I've grown up in a Muslim house all my life. I've never heard the message of Jesus. And I came in here last week and I heard you preach about Jesus' love. And I just gave my life to Christ. And I thought, well, I'm going to follow Jesus. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Isn't that amazing? See, someone who comes from far, far away can follow Jesus. It's just a matter of willing to lay down his life and say, I'm willing to follow. And so we need to come and say, I want to follow the Spirit. I want to be willing to be led by him. Number one, we need to, a willingness to follow. Secondly, we need to be willing to leave. Now that might sound like the same thing, but I just want to put it in your head this morning. That sometimes to follow, you have to be willing to leave. The Luke gospel version of Jesus leaving uh, when he went from the river full of the Holy Spirit says this. Luke 4 verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit to the wilderness. You see, here's the truth, friends. If you want to follow the Lord, then sometimes you're going to have to leave something. If you want to be led by the Spirit, if you want to be someone who's led by Him, then sometimes you're going to have to leave something behind you. You're going to have to say, hey, you know what? I'm stepping into the purposes of God, and I can't do that and be here in this place. Hey, you know, the truth is, in life, we want to be free to follow, but also to remain. Sounds a bit like Brexit. (laughs) We want all the benefits, you know. We want everything, don't we? We want everything to be, I want to follow Jesus, but don't ask me to leave that. I I want to follow after him, but you know what? I can't leave that. And Jesus comes, the Holy Spirit comes. He says, listen, I want to lead you. But sometimes if you're going to be led by me, then you're going to have to leave something behind. We see this with the disciples. Jesus came to them and said, hey, um, come and follow me. And then he turned around and started to walk away. And they were sitting by their boats and they had a choice. Either they follow after him or they let him go. And it says, so they left their nets and their boats and walked after him. See, that's, that's massive, isn't it? See, to follow Jesus, sometimes we have to leave behind an old way of life. Say, hey, I'm not going to live like that. I recognize that life has changed for me. Following Jesus is my primary call. And therefore, I'll leave this behind because I want to get hold of what he has for me. And it's the same with the Spirit. I want to take hold of the things of the Spirit. Then sometimes you've got to leave some things behind to get into the things of the Spirit. Sometimes you're going to have to step out in faith. See, sometimes we want to enjoy where we are, but we want the Lord just to come to us. You ever, you ever seen that? Come and bless me, Lord. I love the story of the transfiguration. Jesus went up in the mountain. He took Peter, James, and John with him. It was a special moment. It says he was transfigured before him, and his, he became shining light, dazzling light. And they were all looking at him going, wow, it's amazing. And all of a sudden, Peter says, it's good to be here. Well, you would, wouldn't you? I mean, if Jesus appeared in bright, transforming light this morning, none of us would be worried about what came for lunch. 
Well, I mean, KFC, obviously, for me. <laughs> but, 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 you know, none of us would be worried about it. We'd be saying, Jesus is here. Let's stay here. Let's build a shelter. Let's stay here. And Jesus is saying, actually, I, I, I want to go down the mountain. That's why I've come. That's what I'm about. See, to follow the Spirit, we have to sometimes leave where we want to be to take hold of the purposes of God. We see this principle throughout the Scriptures. Genesis chapter 12, the calling of Abraham. Come, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and come to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. The Spirit of Abraham came, uh, sorry, the Spirit of the Lord came and spoke to Abraham and said, listen, leave everything you know. Friends, that's a massive calling. Everything you know, your country, your people, your father's household, every security you have, leave it and come with me and I will make you into something greater. See, here's the deal, friends. To, to follow the Spirit, you've got to believe that the Holy Spirit has more for you than you can see. You've got to believe that the Holy Spirit has more for you than you can understand. If your security is in the stuff that you have, and friends, we all tied to that in some way. God doesn't call us all to leave it. He doesn't. Come of us, he does. But what he calls us to do is to believe that when he asks us to leave something behind, it's to move us into his promise and to his purpose. Are you ready to leave? See, my friends, your willingness to leave some things behind is the key to moving into the purpose of God for your life. And when the Holy Spirit comes and says, let's do this, it's your willingness to say, yeah, I'll walk away. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about I'm going to leave that attitude behind that I've carried all my life. I'm going to leave that rejection behind. Because actually Jesus has accepted me and I'm not going to live with an anger against everybody because I want to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to leave that hurt behind. I'm going to leave that ambition behind. I'm going to even leave that relationship behind because those people are killing me and I won't live with them anymore. I won't let them dictate my future. Oh, it's a bit serious, isn't it, Dave? It is, friends. Life is serious, isn't it? See, if you want to believe what the Holy Spirit wants to, sometimes you've got to leave stuff. What could you do with leaving behind? What could you do with the Holy Spirit? What's the Holy Spirit say to you today? Listen, I want to lead you into life, but this is the anchor that's holding you back. Heavy, isn't that? But you see, if we want to be side by side with the Spirit, if we want to enter into the fullness, you see, for Abraham, it was a massive deal. His country, his people, his father, household. But listen, then the promise of God came and said, I will restore to you everything that you leave. Jesus said, no one who's left his family or his home or his circumstances will fail to be rewarded by me. He says, listen, sometimes the leaving is difficult, but the reward is great. It's an eternal reward. I'm not saying, oh, if you give away this five, you're going to get 50 quid back by tonight. Okay, some preachers preach that. I think that's nonsense. Because it's not about gambling and lottery. It's about, you know what? The Holy Spirit is causing me to step out and trust him. Therefore, I'm willing to leave this behind. I'm willing to, to try. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we get fixated on the physical things. Sometimes the physical things are easy to leave behind. Sometimes the emotional things are harder. 
let's be honest, sometimes, or, or the mental anguish. Sometimes we need to just say, Lord, I lay this down. This is my living sacrifice to you today. I, I lay this on the altar, Lord, and I leave it behind because I want to walk into the future you have for me. Into your purpose for my life. Sometimes you have to leave the crowd so that you can hear what the Spirit is saying. Mark six forty five. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him while he dismissed the crowd. And after leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. Isn't that amazing? How many of you know if Jesus needed to leave the crowd so he could hear the Spirit? We do too. Sometimes we just need to quieten every voice in our life and go for a walk with the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. It doesn't have to be on a mountainside, by the way. But it has to be somewhere we can just be with the Lord. Say, Lord, let your spirit speak to me. I often find when I quiet my heart, I don't get this massive revelationary voice then. I usually just manage to get some space and speak to the Lord. And then later on in my life, I find the Holy Spirit just whispering to me. Okay, Dave, this is the way. Walk in it. Side by side with him means willing to leave. Keeping in step, being willing to be followers. Keeping in step, being willing to leave. Thirdly, we need to have a willingness to respond to what the Lord says. Hebrews 3, 7 and 8. As the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. See, one of the reasons so many of us struggle to stay side by side with the Spirit is that the Spirit speaks, but our heart is not in a position to hear it. Has anybody ever said sorry to you? And you just weren't ready to forgive them. And because you weren't ready to forgive them, you judged their motives as not being pure. You said, I'm never going to forgive you. See, their forgiveness, their, their apology was sincere. But you wanted a place to respond to them. And you know, many of us get like that with the Lord. The Bible calls it hard-hearted. And God speaks to us. And it bounces off. And someone encourages us and it bounces off. And we know it. And we despise them because they're trying to break through and we're not ready to receive. One of the most amazing verses in the Bible is, See to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns you away from the living God. An awesome verse in the Bible. See to it that none of you. See, see what happens is when we have hard hearts, we blame everybody else. They hurt me. They may have hurt you, but you made your heart hard. They disappointed me. They may have disappointed you, but you made your heart hard. They misunderstood me. They may have misunderstood you, but you made your heart hard. And the Spirit of God comes. And the Spirit of God is in the house. And the Spirit of God is moving on his people. And people are beginning to weep and humble themselves before God. But it won't touch you because you're protected by your hard heart. And you know what? That's your choice. No one can change that. But here's the deal. 
If you want to be side by side with the Lord, then you have to have a responsive heart. You have to have a heart that says, I say yes, Lord. My soul says yes. You're asking me to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm walking. Lord, because my biggest fear is not the valley, Lord. My biggest fear is not walking with you. See, this is full-on Christianity, friends. This isn't religion. This isn't church. This is, I want to keep in step with the Spirit. So I'm going to respond, even if it costs me. Even if I have to walk hurt. Even if I have to limp. One of my favorite time in the Bible is when Esau wrestled with God. And said, I will not let you go until you bless me. It says, the angel of God put out his hand and touched his hip. And blessed him, but he walked with a limp. You know, I wish sometimes there were more Christians who were walking with a limp. You know, I don't understand this, God, but I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to drag this leg with me if I have to, Lord. I'm going to drag this broken heart with me if I have to, Lord. Because I'm going to walk side by side with you. I want to take hold of your kingdom. I want to believe in Jesus who died for my sin and who brought me into his eternal kingdom. And I will not let go of the presence of God in my life, even if all hell breaks against me. And it will. But I'm seeking to be who God's called me to be. I have a heart that responds. I don't know about you, friends, but one of the prayers of my life is keep me responsive. I was watching a, um, I'm off topic now, you know, but I was watching this program that's been on BBC One over the weekend, uh, over the Easter period pilgrimage, eight characters walking to Rome. I don't know if anybody saw it. But one of them was Stephen K. Amos, gay man, atheist. And all the way along, he just said, I've got no faith. I don't understand this. I don't believe it. I don't see it. And then just for a moment, he sat in the presence of the Pope. And the Pope poured out the love of God to him in a very dignified, normal way. didn't condemn him. He started to cry. Why? Because someone was walking with the Spirit. And someone was pouring out in our... Theology is going to trip up everybody there. But honestly, I see Jesus in Pope, whatever his name is. He's more like Jesus than I am. So you can have your opinions about him, but I'll tell you what, he responded like Jesus. He responded as someone who was carrying the presence of God. He responded like someone, and Stephen Amos started to cry and said, I've never had a response like that from any religious person ever. Why? Because the Spirit of God broke through his hard heart. He didn't know that. He didn't become a believer, but he met with someone who was walking in the Spirit. See, we need to keep our hearts soft. We need to see to it that our hearts are soft before God. Because naturally they become hard. Because the birds of the air tread on them, you know, push it down. Something happens, you get a little bit hurt, you get a little bit frustrated. You blame someone else. But it's you. It's your heart. I've decided I'm not going to give people the power over my life to rob me of my presence with the Lord. I can't begin to tell you the stuff people have said to me over the years. And it hurts. 
But I want to walk with Jesus. I want to walk with the Spirit. I want to keep my heart responsive. When God comes in the room, I want to be ready to praise him. When the Spirit of God's moving, I want to receive everything he has. I don't want to live in a world where I'm so contained and tight and shut up that everybody else can be blessed, but I'm just, well. (laughs) I'll almost go anywhere, friends, to meet with the Lord. I'll let anybody pray for me, even you, because I'm desperate for God. I want to have a responsive heart. I don't want to be so proud and self-sufficient that when the Spirit of God is moving, I'm unwilling to hear. The most, the thing that Jesus said so often when he prayed and spoke was these words, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Be sensitive to the Spirit. Be sensitive to his presence and to his word in your life and in my life. This was a characteristic of the early church. Paul says, the Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. I think it was Peter, actually. Imagine that. So clearly, the Spirit says, no hesitation, just go. Be ready. See, Paul says in 1 Corinthians... What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, these things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. You see, you receive revelation about God from the work of the spirit in you. You know, it's great to have uh, access to some of the best preachers in the world. I mean, obviously you've got me. And the internet has somebody else, or I don't know who. Listen, we can listen to the best preachers in the world. We can have great men of God and women of God speak incredible messages to us. And we can, be, we can be thankful, but we still need to hear the Spirit for ourselves. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. So we need to just spend that time. Lord, what does he want to say to me? I want to be responsive to you. See to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. That turns away. You can tell if your heart's in trouble because you turn away from the Lord, not towards him. That's a great measure. Somebody starts to pray for people and you turn away, not towards. That's hard, isn't it? It's hard to be humble enough to say, Lord, I'm going to keep my heart open to you. It's hard. It's a challenge to us. The enemy knows the pride that's in our heart. Band, can you come back? Because we're going to sing in a moment. But I... I just want to close. I want to land. The enemy knows that we're, we're proud. The enemy knows that we get stubborn and disconnected. Therefore, he, he wants to cut us off. So I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm banging on about it this morning because I think it's a thing in our church. Hello. I think it's a thing. That we need to learn that responsiveness, that sensitivity to the Lord. See, many of you know there's a sensitivity to the presence of the Lord. That when the Spirit of God comes, there's a sensitivity. And I want us to be sensitive. I want us to be recognizing his presence. I want us to be recognizing his voice. I want it to increase, friends. We can't live without the Spirit of God. 
God doesn't want us to spend our lives just doing our own thing and coming back to him every now and again to ask his blessing. He wants to lead us through life by his spirit. That's why Jesus sent him. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. We keep in step with him by being willing to follow, to surrender our agenda so he can take his place and lead us. By being willing to leave, to leave behind the things that hinder, the book of Hebrews says, and to press on. By being willing to respond, to keep an open heart and a sensitive ear to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. See, that's how I want to live my Christian life. I don't want to live with the pressure of the big, big uh, goals. I want to just walk with him today. I want to hear him today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. I wonder if you'd stand with me. Thank you, Lord. We're going to sing in just a moment to close. But today, maybe you're here in church and uh, you're not a Christian. Not yet a believer in Jesus anyway. Not yet a follower. Well, I just want to give you the gospel in four easy points today. The message that we preach is really that God loves you. God loves you and has a plan for your life. You know, that's why we're talking about the spirit living in us. God loves you and wants you to know his love. But the truth is there's a separation in our lives from him. It's called sin. Old-fashioned word. It means that our lives don't match up to him. That we've sinned against him. That we've broken our promises. That we've turned away and done our own thing. And that's why Jesus had to come and die on a cross. For our salvation. He made a way for us. And he paid the price for our wrongdoing. And the cross becomes an opportunity for us to receive life in Jesus' name. Or we can reject what Jesus offers. We're free to do that. But for all those who believe, then Jesus comes and lives in our lives. And teaches us to know God. And his spirit comes and lives in us. And so this morning, just before we go any further, I just want to say to you, maybe you're here. You're saying, Dave, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I don't understand maybe some of the stuff you've been talking about with the Holy Spirit, but I know that Jesus is real. He's revealed himself to me. I want to put my faith in him. So just as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, David, would you pray for me today? Is there anybody in the building? Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Please put your hands down. That's great. Father, I just pray for those, Lord, who have responded to your word this morning. Lord, those who... Lord, have put their trust in you. Lord, who's, who are drawn to you today. I pray, Lord, that you would come into their lives afresh today. Lord, as they put their faith in the living, resurrected Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that you forgive them. And I thank you, Lord, that you lead them into eternal life. And now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and rest upon them. I pray, Lord, that you would cleanse them. I pray that you would set them free. And I pray that you would bring them into that glorious knowledge of being children of God filled with you. Lord, I bless them today in Jesus' name. Amen. And for us, people of God, 
We're going to sing a song in just a moment. It's been great to be together. But honestly, God's after our heart, responsive hearts. There is joy ahead for some of you here. Even as you walk through the valley, there is joy ahead because the Holy Spirit is with you. And if you can remove the barricade again and you can listen to him and you can open your heart afresh and it's scary and it's tense but it's life and then the spirit of God will come and will fill your life and you'll walk with him we're going to sing this song and I'm maybe just going to ask people to respond to the gospel who am I the highest king should welcome me. Come on, let's sing it. Song of declaration and regeneration and faith in the Lord today.